You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teodi Anderson. Dogs come in all shapes and sizes. That's what makes them so wonderful. There is a dog for everyone. And I've had the joy of living with both big dogs and little dogs at the same time. While the little dogs may think they're big dogs and think they're capable of running with the big dogs, there are precautions you need to take to make sure everyone lives in harmony. Find out during today's show when we come back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Do you know that moment when your dirty dog's about to jump in your nice, clean car? You can avoid all the cleanup and mess with a 4K9 seat cover. 4K9 makes heavy-duty seat covers and cargo liners that will blend seamlessly with the interior of your vehicle. You can find us at 4K9s.com. That's the number 4, K-N-I-N-E-S.com or on Amazon.com. 4 Canines makes nothing but the best for your best friend. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teodi Anderson. Are you a fan of big dogs? Are you a big dog person? How about a little dog? Do you like the little guys? I love all sizes. I can't help myself. It's a good thing because I'm a professional dog trader. For over half my life, I've shared a home with both small dogs and bigger ones at the same time. I've convinced a lot of my friends who have giant breeds that the little guys are worthwhile. They, they are often surprised. Their hearts are set on these big, big, big dogs, and then they meet my little guys, and they're, wow, these dogs are awesome. There's wonderful, wonderful traits in both the big and the littles. I think my smallest one was a Papillon, and he was 7 pounds, and my largest one was a Labrador, and he was 80 pounds, and they were the best of friends. However, even though they loved each other on site, in order for them to get along and coexist well, it took training and management. Dogs of the same size don't always mix well. I get called on aggression case after aggression case of dogs fighting in the household. But when you have differences in size, a problem can become dangerous in an instant. It's one thing for dogs of the same size to have a squabble. It's another thing if one is significantly bigger than the other, that squabble can be very, very dangerous. So today's show is all about big and littles and how to combine them so that they work well. This is not unusual. I get called on cases all the time where people adopted a dog, a new dog from a shelter or a rescue organization, and they automatically just put the dogs together and left for work the next day. Or maybe they, they monitored the dogs over the weekend and they thought everything was going well. So they left the dogs alone in the yard. And then they came home and were horrified to find that one of the dogs had gotten beaten up or hurt or worse. It needs to be a gradual process. Again, if there's such a difference in weight, the smaller one is going to lose, even if the smaller one started it, which is sometimes the case. It's not always the big dogs that are the culprits. But again, this is not an unusual thing. This can even happen between a mother dog and her pups, especially dogs that are very, very large or the giant breeds. Many years ago, I helped a friend who was breeding a litter of Great Danes. She's a wonderful Great Dane breeder, and she asked me to come help. 
Well, I told her I didn't know nothing about birthing no puppies, but I would come and do exactly what she told me to do. I do not breed, folks. I leave it to the people who know what they're doing, and she definitely is one of those. Well, they had the puppies. Puppies were beautiful, and I went to check on them a while back later, and I learned that my friend and many, many, many other quality breeders, especially with giant dogs, sleep next to the whelping box for like weeks at a time. She had taken off work, her day job, and she was camped out. She had her sleeping bag next to the whelping box. And I'm like, well, is that a little overprotective? She says, no, I have to be here because she can roll over on her puppies. And again, I know nothing about birth and no puppies. It shocked me that a mother dog could actually crush her puppies, but it does happen. And of course, since I learned that, I've heard about it again and again. In fact, while I was there, she was educating me on this. The mother dog rolled over on one of the puppies. And I went to say something. My friend says, wait, just hold on. I want to see if if she's okay with it yet. And (laughs) this little puppy, and we were monitoring it, so don't be horrified. But this little puppy was going underneath this giant Great Dane. And the Great Dane, bless her heart, was just, it was clueless, absolutely clueless. My friend said, okay, this isn't working out. They're not ready. And so she got the dog off. And the mother dog was like, oh, there's a puppy. It was kind of amazing. But apparently this happens quite a bit. So they have to be carefully monitored. And you'd think, oh, these are big, big, strapping, healthy dogs. Well, the puppies aren't so much. So even a mother can do this or hurt unintentionally, completely unintentionally. This mother dog didn't have a mean bone in her body. She was a sweetheart. But she was huge and the puppies were not. Now, once they got big enough and could defend themselves and, you know, scramble out of the way, then my friend got to go back to work and back to her own bed and, and resume her normal life. But it did surprise me at the time because I just, I was not aware of that. That is not an aspect of doghood that I had explored. Sheer size makes a sheer difference. I remember when I brought Finian home, my current Papillon, the breeder was a wonderful breeder, but she had confessed that the one thing she didn't get to do in terms of socialization that she had wanted to do was introduce him to bigger dogs. The only other dogs he had been around were fellow Papillons and some other toy breeds that were there, but not any bigger dogs, any medium-sized or bigger dogs. And she told me this up front, which was a great breeder. And by the way, you know I'm big on puppy socialization. Puppies have to be carefully and safely socialized with dogs of different breeds and different sizes. So I was a little concerned I knew that my Labrador, Logan, would love Finian because Logan loved everybody. And Logan had been raised by a Papillon, my previous Papillon. And Logan was bereft when my previous Papillon had died. It was terrible. It was just he mourned and I mourned. It was, it was a long time before I could bring myself to get another dog. And Logan missed having a little brother. So I was a little nervous. And I had Finian in my lap. And Logan was great voice control. He was great voice control. And so I let him into the bedroom and Finn's in my lap and Logan was just beside himself. He's, oh, he's so, is he mine? Logan just loved him on sight. And I looked at Finn and Finn felt the exact same way. Finn's like, oh, it's my new friend. And they were inseparable, inseparable after that moment. Now, everything was carefully monitored. Finn was really tiny when I brought him home. He was only about 14, 13 weeks or so. And he was an itty bitty thing. He topped out at nine pounds. So you can imagine how small he was. And Logan was a hefty, a good 80 pound dog. 
but they were wonderful. And Logan was also a blessing of a dog in that he was the best self-handicapping dog I have ever known. Self-handicapping means that a dog will adjust based on another dog. So Logan was great with very shy puppies because he would be very careful with the puppies or ignore the puppies until they wanted to play. He would play tug of war with Finian. It was the cutest thing ever. Finian would be hurling himself at the tug toy, just growling and hurling his little body as tight as he could. And Logan would just be lying there. The only thing moving was his tail. His tail would be wagging furiously because... The first couple times he tried it, he would tug and Finn would go flying across the room because he didn't weigh anything. So Logan, by aspect of being who he was as a dog, was very, very safe around a small puppy. And I still had to monitor them closely. When Finian got to be an adult, they could be left alone together and they were very, very safe. It all depends. If you get to the point where that can happen for you, that's awesome. If you don't get to that point, it's okay. If you have a situation where you just don't think it's going to be safe, it is much better to be cautious about it. I would much rather you do that. And everybody's different. Every dog is different. Sawyer, my current Belgian, can be a doofus when he gets excited. He just runs rampantly like a bull through a china shop, and he's dangerous. So if Finn doesn't have a place to get out of the way, Sawyer's not really safe with him. So they don't spend as much time alone together. Uh, It just depends. It depends on the certain situation. depends on how much exercise Sawyer has had. Sawyer loves Finian, and they don't really play together much, but they hang out all the time, and they'll kiss each other's faces. But Sawyer is not as safe as Logan was because he's a different dog. He's just a different character. So just be careful. If a bigger dog is aggressive towards other dogs already and you bring a smaller dog into your home, that aggressive big dog can seriously injure or kill a smaller dog. Or if a bigger dog is a teenage hooligan or an adult with little body sense, they don't realize where their butts are or their legs are, it still can seriously injure or kill a small dog. By the way, if you're having trouble with that hyper hooligan, check out my hooligan show on Pet Life Radio. I did one of those a while back. You just need to be cautious. One place where I have personally found that people throw caution to the wind and it gives me the hives are dog parks. Most quality dog parks will have a little dog park and a big dog park. But for some reason... The people who own the little dogs will just throw them in there with the big dogs. That is so not safe. That is so not safe. And every time I do lectures to folks uh, on canine behavior in dog parks, I tell them, if you have a small dog park, that is awesome. Keep them in the small dog park. Anything could happen. Again, what if a bunch of dogs are chasing a ball and your little dog gets in the way? He could be trampled. Like some sort of Western movie where the cattle get loose and they trample the people, the townsfolk downtown. That's exactly what happens to a little dog. Now, it's true that the little dogs often have the biggest temperaments in terms of feistiness and stuff, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be safe. Plus, in a dog park, you don't necessarily know every dog that's in there. You also don't know every owner that's in there. And if they are not responsible, your dog could seriously, seriously get hurt. I've heard lots of reasons why people do it. Maybe there aren't enough little dogs for your little dog to play with, so they want to go with the big dogs, or maybe your little dog gets along fine with your big dogs at home. It's just taking a huge chance, a huge chance. And that's that's a heartbreak right there. That's something that you totally could have prevented. So please don't do that. If you want to take your dog to a dog park, keep them in the little dog pen, big dogs in the big dog area. It's just much safer all around with very little regret at the end. There's a thing that some canine experts talk about called predatory drift. And what that is, is 
the tendency for dogs to spill over into the predators that they are. For example, I was at a dog park years ago, and I don't know what happened. Maybe the dog stepped on a rock or twisted the wrong way or jumped up and landed the wrong way. But a small dog that was being mixed with the big dogs, I was about to go talk to the owner, yiped, had a little yip. Three dogs turned and ran at it. And it was just an instant. They weren't checking on the dog either. They weren't saying, hey, Sparky, are you okay? No, they turned instinctively to go get it. But what happened was the little dog happened to be near people. So when the bigger dogs got to him, they saw the people and backed off. It was like a switch had turned off. Predatory drift. It's prey. And if you think about these little fluffy things that we've bred, they look like little bunnies and little squirrels and cute little muppets half the time. And so it can be very instinctive for a larger dog to go after it. Small dogs have predatory drift too. Small dogs have predation. They will chase lizards and they will chase other dogs. And sometimes they chase dogs bigger than them. But the chance of them doing damage to something bigger to them is not as great as if you have the average German shepherd coming after a miniature dachshund. So you need to be careful. And these things do happen with dogs. We don't want to remember that they're dogs. We want to think about all the wonderful things that make them our companions. But we don't want to remember that they're dogs. And dogs kill things. Oh my gosh. The other day, somebody posted on Facebook that their dogs had gotten hold of a baby bunny. Oh, that would just slay me if my dogs did that. But they're dogs. That's what they do. So keep the baby bunnies away from them and make sure that you're watching the bigger dogs around your smaller dog. Let's take the reverse of that. Again, it's not always a bigger dog's fault. What if it's a little dog that's pestering the heck out of a bigger dog? I see this, for example, older bigger dogs, and then the family gets a little fluffy thing, a little lap dog to bring home. Well, little dog's going, hi, you want to play with me? How about now? Is now good? You can play with me now if you wanted to. How about now? Is now good? Let's play now. And the older bigger dog's like, oh my gosh, when is it leaving? They can be really pestersome. And after a while... A bigger dog's not going to take it anymore. So it's not just a matter, if you're trying to mix big and littles, of only watching the big ones. The big ones can do the most damage just because they're bigger. You got to make sure that the little ones are behaving too, because they can be really obnoxious. And that's not fair. How do you make sure then everybody stays safe? I'm going to tell you how when we come back. So stay tuned to get positive results on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Calling all pet product manufacturers and pet experts. Let the public relations and marketing professionals at Whitegate PR get you featured in the news. I'm Dana Humphrey at Whitegate PR, and we have been specializing in pet product PR for over 10 years and can get your brand featured in the media from TV to radio to print to blogs. You can find out more at www.whitegatepr.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. 
Welcome back to Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Teodi Anderson, and today I am talking about big and littles, matching up those big dogs and those little dogs in perfect canine harmony. Hopefully it can happen. It's happened to me. It's happened to so many other people. You can do it too. How do you make sure that everybody's going to be safe? How do you make sure that the bigger dog isn't going to be annoyed to death by the little one? And how do you make sure that little dog isn't going to be crushed or hurt by the bigger dog? Well, this is going to come as no surprise, people. Train your dogs. You knew I was going to say that, didn't you? I'm a professional dog trainer. Seriously, train your dogs. The better behaved they are and the more they're bonded with you and the more they listen to you, the easier it's going to be for you to introduce them. In specifics, let's train a really good leave it and a really good coming when called. You may have to call your bigger dog away from the smaller dog or the smaller dog away from the bigger dog. You may have to use a leave it. I love leave it. I may do an entire show on leave it. I love that exercise. I use it more than any other exercise I ever teach my dogs. I live that thing every day. I'm constantly dropping stuff and telling my dogs to leave it. They're awesome at leave it, but I do it all the time. Leave it means they're headed for something and they never get there. So if you have a dog that's bounding across the living room and it's about to crush the little fluffy thing, leave it. The dog leaves it alone. Train a really good leave it train a really good recall, coming when called, and then work on all the other behaviors too. Another good one is down. If the dogs are lying down, they're not stomping on things. So that's a really good one to have too. But any form of basic manners where your dog responds the first time you cue them, of course, trained all positively, trained with reward-based methods. I'm a big fan of clicker training, for example, makes the dog want to work for you, happy to work for you. You're going to have a much better introduction and safer interactions all around, as opposed to two completely out of control dogs. And neither one of them are listening to you and they're just running amok and it's just madness. Let's not go there. When you do your initial introductions, I want you to do them either holding the little dog, bigger dog on leash, both of them on leash. You have to have some sort of control, okay? You don't want to dangle the little dog over the big dog's mouth like it's an appetizer. Don't do that. But in your lap, safely protected by your arms, introductions with the bigger dog on leash. If you have someone to help you, that's great. Work with that because it gives you an extra set of hands in there. But you want to make sure that at least the bigger dog is definitely under control on leash. You're going to do careful supervision for an extended time. And this is not just the weekend, okay? This is months and months. I would much rather you take four, five, six months to make sure everything's okay than turn them loose in a yard and come back to a tragedy. Don't do that. So just take it easy. Don't rush things. Just carefully supervise them for an extended period of time. If they're doing well, and if they're playing, they're having a really good interaction, and they're playing and playing, do some frequent interruptions. A lot of times, play can go over the top, especially if you have an adolescent dog. They don't always have really good off switches. Sometimes you have to teach them what off switch is. So I like to do frequent interruptions. And what I do is I'll clap my hands and I'll say puppies. Puppies is my universal word for everybody. Matter of fact, I'm saying that now and both of my dogs are looking at me. But when I say puppies, they give me their attention and I ask everybody to sit. And everybody sits and I calmly go get some treats and I'll give them treats for sitting. And I make sure everybody's breathing is steady and then they get to go play again. But I like to 
break up the play so that it never really tips over into over arousal, which can lead to tiffs, lead to little spats. We don't want that. So you don't have to interrupt it every 30 seconds. I mean, let them have some fun. But if you see the body language getting a little ramped up, you hear the vocalizations getting a little frenzied, just wait on in there, ask everybody for a sit, give everybody a chance to calm down, breathe a little bit, then they can go back and play again. And that's also really good for your training. It teaches you control, teaches your dog's control, because even though they're excited and playing with something fun, they still stop to pay attention to you, which is a really good thing to teach your dog too. Here's another concept I like to introduce. It's the unfairness of different rules in the household. It's okay to have different rules. At least I believe it's fine to have different rules. Now, I mean that very specifically, okay? What I don't mean is that I personally am not a fan of big dogs belong outside, little dogs belong inside. I believe that all dogs should come into the house. Dogs love their people. They want to be with their people. And there are some side effects to dogs that are outdoors all the time with limited human interaction. The biggest of which is that they're not as bonded to their people. And so they don't pay as close attention. When I'm working with clients who have outdoor dogs, I do understand that some people can't bring the dog inside. I I get that. I really do. But I tell them right up front, because they have to have realistic expectations, that they're going to have a greater challenge in working with this dog, because the dog's just not that invested. The dog doesn't live with you inside the house. It's not watching you blow your hair dry every morning. It's not watching you make breakfast. It's not part of your everyday routine. Dogs that are outside all the time, in general, don't get as much attention. And dogs will bond with whatever they spend the most time with. If you have multiple dogs in the backyard, they will so listen to each other and not to you because they're with each other all day, all night, and you only pop out there a couple times a day to feed them. Now, that may not be your case, of course, but know that if you have a dog that's outdoors all the time, it's not going to be as bonded as a dog that's indoors. Now, maybe the dog's out of control and you don't want to bring it indoors because it's going to wreak havoc on your home. I totally get that. Get some training for the dog. Think about it. Just think about it. That's all I ask. So when I talk about different rules, I just want to make that clear that I don't believe in different rules that way. Plus the outdoor dog knows the indoor dog's in there, knows that that dog gets special privileges. I don't know if jealousy arises from that, but, but there is also the dogs are separated and so they're not, they're not as bonded as well. What I mean is that it's okay to have different rules based on the dogs in your home. For example, Finian, my little papillon, is allowed on the couch and on the bed. Sawyer, the Belgian Tavirin, is not. And I'm perfectly okay with that. They've never really complained about it. But through their whole lives, it's always been allowed that way. I used to allow my big dogs on the furniture when I first got my first lab. And he hurt his back. He had a spinal injury. And so the vet said no more jumping. So, oh my gosh, teaching that dog not to jump on the couch after he'd spent years and years jumping on the couch, that was fun. And of course, every time I would go out of the room, you know, he'd be up on the couch. Even though it hurt him, he did it. And I eventually did train him to stay off, but it was very hard for him because I had always allowed him up. Well, when I got my next lab, I didn't want one lab allowed on the furniture and the other one didn't. So I just started this rule that big dogs aren't allowed up. And it actually worked out in my favor really well because with the big dogs running around, moving furniture because they're bigger, the little guys need a place to go to be safe. And so my papillons have always been able to hop up on the couch and get out of harm's way. They're very good at self-preservation that way, while the bigger dogs were running around being hooligans. 
So that's worked out well. And I've been fine with that. I've been absolutely fine with that. The boys are fine with that. And I think that that's fine. Some people feel guilty. Well, I think I need to let all of them, but I just don't like it when the big, well, yeah, if you don't like it, just fix it. I think that it's okay to have different rules. The reasoning for me is that it keeps the little ones safer. It gives them a place to escape to. By the way, little tip, it's also really good for cats. If you have cats and dogs you're trying to, you know, a little kitten and a big old dog you're trying to mix and match, put up baby gates. Baby gates are awesome. I wonder how many people buy baby gates for babies versus dogs. I wonder if there's a stat on that. But baby gates are great. It gives the cat a place to leap over the baby gate to safety while the dog is on the other side. And I've done that with my cat as well. Whenever I would bring a new dog into the home, my cat always had a safe place that he could go where the dog couldn't follow. I will tell you that I tried to change that rule once and regretted it when I lost my cat. My cat lived to be about 18. He passed away and he would always sleep with me. He would purr in my ear and, and purr me to sleep every night. He was such a sweetheart. And I was devastated, as you can imagine. I was really upset and I was, I was lonely. I, had, I still had the papillon, which was great. But I decided to let Logan, the 80-pound lab, up on the bed for the first time because I was upset and he was there and, you know, you know what it's like. So I invited Logan up on the bed and... He looked amazed and he jumped up on the bed and he flipped out. He was so excited to be on the bed. He started running laps on my queen size bed. I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to die because he was just running across me. The papillon leaped off the bed to safety. I couldn't get off the bed. I couldn't move. I'm calling him to stop. He was so beside himself. He basically got the zoomies on my queen size bed. It's The queen size bed is really not as big as you think it is when you have an 80 pound dog doing laps on it over your body. And all I could think about was I'm not going to show up to work tomorrow and they're going to come find me. And the coroner's report is going to say death by Labrador lapse. That's what it's going to be. I really don't want to go out this way. So I told him he had to get off the bed. And we just never, never, never experimented with that again. But for a moment there, I almost lost my life due to a Labrador doing laps. It was, it was really kind of um, funny looking back now. But I remember many bruises and quite a bit of pain. But he was so excited, so excited to be up there for once. Uh, it was a little, little beside himself is what it was. But anyway, it's good to have different rules. It's okay to have different rules. Justify it any way you want, as long as both animals are safe and both are doing well, both big and littles. As I've said, I've convinced a lot of people the benefits of small dogs. I've had friends who call them, what do they call them, rug rats or ankle biters, whatever those derogatory, you know what they are, all those derogatory names to the little guys. And then they meet them and they realize, you know, they're pretty kind of cool. And I've had people come up to me at conferences going, you did that talk on training small dogs and I got one and I'm so happy. The big dogs have a certain appeal too. They're so awesome. I love giant breeds. I don't know that I would have one. After my labs got injured, both of mine eventually had some injuries where I had to lift them and it was very difficult for me. I said, I don't know that I want a dog that I can't pick up anymore. I just don't want to be stuck somewhere and not be able to get my dog to safety. But I do love them. There are certain giant breeds that I just melt over. They're so special, so wonderful. And of course, all the dogs and sizes in between. There's some for everybody. And if you want to combine big and little, just play it safe, keep an eye on potential trouble, and I'm telling you, your Mutt and Jeff combinations will be the best of friends, just like mine have been. So if you're interested in learning more about canine behavior, here's how you can contact me. You can reach me via, via email, teoti, T-E-O-T-I, at PetLifeRadio.com. You can find me on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Anderson. You can find my books online and at your local bookstore. And you can visit the website at GetPositiveResults.com. 
I want to thank my producer for making the show happen and putting it together so wonderfully. And I want to thank you for tuning in. This has been Get Positive Results. I'm Teodi Anderson for Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.